Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When, as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. story, the story of Christmas. And I wanted to look at that just more carefully as we think about the fourth Sunday of Advent and the significance of love. I just wanted to look at that text again in Matthew to see how human love and divine love meet in this story. And of course, we're going to end our service, as you can see, with communion later, which is itself a celebration of God's love. And so we're moving in that direction just so you know, people. Maybe you're watching this online, I'm not sure. Uh, you might want to have your stuff ready so you can participate with us as we celebrate God's love here today. Would you pray with me, though, as we come to God's Word together? Thank you, Lord, for your love, especially as we've discovered it in, in the Christmas story. Thank you for the love that you have for us and the love you've given for us to have to one another, the love of a husband and wife, the love of parents to children, and the love which exists within the church family. Lord, grow that love in this place, I pray. Help us to rediscover your love this morning as we look at your word together. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 25 years ago, I had my very last Christmas as a single man <laughs> here in Lloydminster. In fact, I'd gotten engaged in Remembrance Day, and it was my last Christmas as a single man. I remember. I can still remember getting up and, and giving Elisa some time with her sister and her mom and dad so they could kind of have that last little Christmas morning, the girls and mom and dad without son-in-laws around, annoying them, and et cetera, et cetera. So, so they had their moment. I had my breakfast with my landlords upstairs who were a dear couple, and, 
And then I went and enjoyed the afternoon with Elisa's family. It was, it was awesome. It was exciting. You felt like you were walking on the clouds. That's what it's like when you're living in the engagement period. It's you're anticipating, you know, yes, I'm going to actually start eating better. And yeah, this will be the best roommate I've ever had. You know, I had some pretty dirty roommates, you know, so I just couldn't wait. And just, you know, and just, you know, everything, you know, you're dating and you're trying to figure out how time would be so nice and you don't have to say goodnight and you can just sort of, you know, enjoy being together and, and you're anticipating. This is where Joseph is at the beginning of the story. His family and Mary's family have gotten together. They have made an arrangement that these two people, this son and this daughter, would join together in marriage for life. That they themselves would form a new family unit and have their own children and begin to carry on the traditions and the faith in which they were raised. In the Jewish culture, you would have the engagement, the betrothal would be solemnized and, and recognized by both families. And then for a year, you, you would not be together yet, but the, you were considered married, but then you waited for that wedding feast and the consummation and the wedding party, and then finally, you know, you, you were officially married. The papers have been signed. Maybe stuff has been handed back and forth between the couples, and Joseph is ready and moving into that that, that reality, as we find in chapter 1, verse 18 of Matthew's gospel, he says, the birth of Jesus Christ happened this way. While his mother was marrying, was engaged to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. And so you can imagine uh, the deep love that, that is existing between this couple, right? It's growing. In other cultures, uh, not always the, the North American one, uh, you know, they, they believe that, that love starts with a commitment and a, and, a, and a dedication, and then feelings follow. In our culture, it's like you have feelings, 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 and then you make a commitment, you know. But in, in this culture, it's like, no, I've made a decision, and then those feelings will follow. But, but during that year, of course, you're, you're just anticipating, you're looking forward to it. There's this, there's this growing, like, desire and, and, and longing to kind of be together. And in the midst of all that, he discovers that she is pregnant. Matthew is careful to include in his first century account of the, of the birth of Christ here that she was pregnant through the Holy Spirit, but Joseph doesn't know this. All he sees is Mary pregnant. Now, she had gone away to visit her cousin, then she comes back, and evidently she's showing a little bit of, uh, you know, of baby there. And, and now he has a decision to make because he loves this woman. He is already in his heart committed to spending the rest of his life with her and, and building a family with her. And now love is, is crushed. I mean, love is one of those strange things, right? You, it can bring you the highest highs and the lowest lows, right? You know that classic Christmas movie, uh, that epic the Christmas Carol, especially the Muppet version. It's, it's the best ever, you know. And, and in that movie is this song, wherever you find love, it feels like Christmas, right? That's, you know, I had, a, I had an associate who thought that Elf was the best Christmas movie ever. You'll notice he's not working here anymore. Because <laughs> we all know that. And like, you know, and there's some people that think like, just because a, a movie has a Christmas scene and it makes it a Christmas movie, that does not until I make a Christmas, you know, so some of you that like Bruce Willis movies, that's not a Christmas movie, you know. I pray for you. You need help. <laughs> but we all know the Christmas Carol. Yeah, that's a Christmas movie. And that, that soundtrack of the Muppets, it's like, yeah, where 
wherever you find love, it feels like Christmas, yeah. But what about the other side of love? You know, the, the side of love where your heart just gets crushed. <clears throat> you know, that, like the modern music, you know, one of the popular songs in, in our last two decades is, Last Christmas I Gave You My Heart. And the very next day, you gave it away, right? It's, it's like horrible. It's like love has this power to draw you in, and it also has this power just to crush you. And in this one little verse, we see Joseph going from the high to the low. Like that J.G. Giles band song, Love Stinks, right? It's like he's getting crushed. Because the woman that he loved somehow shows up pregnant. Now, logically... Uh, you know, and, and just biologically, there's only one way that happens. Someone else has been with Mary. And now his heart is just getting run through the meat grinder. And that's, that's the context of the Christmas story. The heights of love and the, and the, and the, and the depths of love. Wow. And so in verse 19... It tells us about Joseph's thoughts and, and processing in this. It says, but Joseph, her husband-to-be, was a righteous man. He had this character. He lined his life with, with the word of God. He, he sought to, to live a straight and, and, a, and a not a crooked lifestyle, a lifestyle that feared the Lord and honored him. He intended to divorce her, and because he did not want to disgrace her, he intended to divorce her privately. His options were that he could drag Mary down to the city gates, the village gates, where everyone passed through and the, the elders of the town sat and, and business was conducted, and he could bring into the public sphere everyone's knowledge, look what's happened. She's got something there, and I had nothing to do with it. I do not want to marry this woman. I want to divorce her. Let everyone know Joseph is a righteous man. Mary is a, pick your word, right? Um, he could have done that. Eagle would have said, that's a good thing to do. Make her pay for her wickedness and her transgression. Because she clearly is not the woman you thought she was. But this is where Joseph's dilemma lies. I really thought she was not that type of girl. How could that have happened? Because he knew, like, the reason he loved her and he was attracted and, and that it was so good was that, that she had character and, and, and you know, honor and she was respected by the, in the community and her family was a good family. Like, it just, nothing seemed to make sense to Joseph. How could this be? But even in that moment of verse 19, his love is so deep for her. He's like, I do not want to crush her. I just, wanna, I just want this nightmare to end. He's like, you know, it was so good. It felt so right. It, everything was moving in, the, in, in, the, in the, the direction I thought it was. But then all of a sudden, it's not what I thought it was. And little did he know it wasn't what he thought it was. He might have felt like this classic character and this classic song, which just describes love that feels so good but seems so wrong. Let's just watch this video here if you haven't. How can something 
so right, feels so wrong inside. I got something so good, let me feel so bad. How come my dreams coming through, leave me lonely and blue? How come the happiest day of my life is so sad? How can I feel the high when I feel so low? After all we've been through, after coming so far. Is this my destiny? Me, 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 Where is the love that's written in the stars? How can something so Probably the song Joseph sang. I think <laughs> we went to bed. No, just kidding. just had to throw the Muppets in there. I just love the Muppets. Sorry. <laughs> but that's probably how it felt, right? It felt so good. But then there she is, pregnant. What are my choices? In the Jewish law, all you needed was two witnesses, and you could just divorce your wife. And, and, and they, they were considered legally married, so he needed to legally end it. He's like, look, I'm just going to do this quietly, and I'm going to fade off into the distance. I'm going to just head into the horizon. I'm going to just sit in a place where I could just lick my wounds and wonder, what happened? Then in verse 20, he goes to sleep. And it says, when he contemplated this, an angel or the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. It said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife because the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And so now the pieces start to come together. You weren't wrong, Joseph, about Mary. Uh, God's basically saying, yeah, I, I, if you're looking for someone to blame, I'm to blame. Because what's happened in her womb is a miracle. The Holy Spirit has come and, and, and together, you know, there is a child being formed who is God and man at the same time. But you'll notice he calls him Joseph, the son of David. Joseph plays an important part. Because Jesus is to be the Davidic king that was promised back, you know, hundreds of years before. That he needed to come from this genealogical line. And so Joseph's role is critical because in taking Mary as his wife, he will assume the fathering role and, the, and give the name to Jesus. And, and he will become part of the line of David through Joseph's patronage. I need you, Joseph. Go back to verse 20, sorry, yeah. Uh, we'll just back it up there, yeah. Uh, I need you, Joseph. So don't be afraid. I mean, those of you that have fallen in love, you know there's a lot of fear in love, right? You know, it's, it's a lot of excitement, but there's also like, ooh, this could go really bad. What's going to happen? And, and in that moment, it's like, don't be afraid. Now, easy for God to say, isn't it, right? Because by taking Mary as his wife, he's kind of indicating like, yeah, I'm responsible for this, you know, even though he's not responsible for it. Like, like, how do you win? You can't win in this story. Because, you know, even in John's gospel, as Jesus is in his 30s, people are still talking about his questionable, you know, paternity. Like, wow, you know, you're just one of those, you know, you're that guy from Nazareth, and, you know, who knows who your dad is, you know, and we know who his dad is, the Holy Spirit. But Joseph's like, okay, I'll take on that role, but there's always going to be this cloud over Joseph and Mary that they will have to live through as they jump into God's plan together. 
Don't be afraid. Sometimes God does call us to do crazy things. I don't think he's ever going to call any of you to do anything like this. So don't worry. It's not going to be that bad. But you will sometimes be misunderstood as you follow Jesus. As you follow God, as you obey him together, people might think, what are you doing? And and it's not always to something easy that he calls you. But deep in this story is this theme of love. Joseph, I want you to love Mary, and I want you to love this child, even though it's not yours. I want you to give him your own name, uh, like the, uh, you know, in terms of the genealogy of of the David, but I'm going to give you a specific name I want you to give him. But he's going to be your son. Now, you understand, when you got a baby like Jared and Angela here, beautiful, you know, when many of you have been through this journey, you think about, okay, if something happens to me, who's going to look after my baby, right? And you choose someone to do that, or a couple, or whatever, and, and that's a great honor, right? Because you, you don't just pick someone off the street, oh, the neighbor, I'll let him, you know, have, you know they need someone to wash dishes, they're going to have my baby, or whatever. You, don't, you, you think, I, I want someone that I can trust. And, and so the fact that God says, Joseph, I'm giving you this incredible responsibility. You are going to raise the eternal Son of God in your home. What a huge burden. But what a great responsibility and honor. He says there in verse 21, She will give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. So, Joseph, I want you to understand that, that this is a story of, of love between you and Mary. I get it, and I've kind of I've stepped on your wedding plans, and uh, yeah, the honeymoon's going to be a little different than what you thought it might be, and, and all that stuff is not going to be the way you dreamed it would happen, Joseph. But, but I want you to know this is part of my love story for the world. Because what people need is, is to be saved from their sins. And so I'm stepping into the world. I'm sending my son to you guys so that, so that he can do what no one else can do. Save everyone from their sins. So while you love Mary and Mary loves you, I love you more and I love everyone more. And Jesus will accomplish something greater than you could ever, ever dream possible. come back to that in a moment, but in verse 22 he says, this all happened so that what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet would be fulfilled. Verse 23, look or behold, the virgin will conceive and bear a son and they will call him Emmanuel. This is about 800 BC this was written. So we're talking eight centuries later. It's like here he is, God with us. God with us. Jesus means, you know, The Lord is salvation, or the Lord saves. Here, he is God with us. Matthew, I think that's a little bit of a a note that Matthew adds in his account, just so you understand. What's happening here is that God is fulfilling promises that he's made throughout history. And this is the story of the Bible. God makes a promise, he keeps a promise. God makes a promise, he keeps a promise. God makes a promise, he keeps a promise. And that's what real love is about. You make a promise, and you keep it. But many of you know that people that don't keep their promises hurt the people they love, don't they? You know, when I tell my son or my daughter I'm going to do something and and I don't show up or I fail to follow through, or my wife, I'm not keeping my promise. And and that hurts the love that I have for them and and the trust and and the connection. But when God makes a promise, he keeps it. Here it is. God with us. So verse 24, it says, when Joseph awoke, 
from sleep, he did what the angel of the Lord told him. He took his wife. Can you imagine that, that conversation? Okay, Mary, now I understand what's going on here. I don't really get it, but I, I understand that, that you were not unfaithful to me. In fact, you were just being faithful to God. You accepted the gift and, and the responsibility he placed on your shoulders, and I'm in it with you, Mary. You're not alone. We're going to do this together. And I know it's going to be a, a difficult journey, but God is with us. You know, God allows those hard times, couples, for you to grow together. But many times, those things are often the things that, that drive us apart. But, but when God is the center of your marriage, when Jesus is the center of your marriage, it is an opportunity for you to grow stronger through trials and difficulties. God is drawing Mary and Joseph in this love story. Like, yeah, I've got this grand story of love for the world, and, I, and you guys are right in the middle of it, and the, and the way you're going to get through it is by just leaning on me and leaning on each other together. You know, we, call, we call that, in, you know, in, in marriage counseling, premarital, it's like the triangle, right? It's like, it's like me and Elisa and God. And, and the closer we move to God, the closer we get to each other. Take God out of the picture and you're just kind of going in whichever direction you want, right? You don't really have a, a common target. That's why we say, yeah, don't marry a person that isn't moving towards God because you're going to be going in different directions. You need, that, that's, a, that's a wonderful opportunity to be drawn to God together. He took his wife. In verse 25, it kind of tells us the, the last part of the story. But did not have marital relations with her until she gave birth to a son whom he named Jesus. He did what God told him to do. Don't name him after your dad or your grandpa or your great-grandpa or your great-great-grandpa or, or, or name after yourself. Name him Jesus. And the baby comes out. What's his name? Jesus. You notice they had to put the honeymoon on hold. That's really what it's saying there in verse 25. I'll wait to experience that part of love until God's done his part with us. Um, I remember a guy in, my, in the church who said, yeah, that would have been pretty hard, he says. <laughs> but that's love, right? A love that's willing to wait and trust God for his best. That's love. A love that's willing to scrap your own plans and then accept God's plans in the place. And God says, I love the world so much and I want to put my son into a loving home where there is commitment and faithfulness and a dependency on me. And so I've chosen Joseph and Mary and they're going to enter this mess with me. And underneath the whole story is this love, human love and then divine love, God's love. And so we celebrate God's love this morning. Um, I have here, John 3, 16. Uh, for this is the way God loved the world. He gave his one and only son that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. This is the story of Christmas. That you can believe in Jesus Christ for the promise of eternal life. 1 John 4, 10. In this is love, not that we've loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. You understand, when Jesus came to this world uh, through Mary and, and, you know, brought into this family, I mean, his goal was that he was going to end up on the cross. God sent him knowing that this was how it ended, right? 
you know, we think about our, our children and, and how we want to see them succeed and, and be successful and be blessed in life. And God sends his son to the world knowing that this is how it ends. Boom. A bloody sacrifice for sin. Him receiving what we deserve. That's love. And then I, I have here in Romans 5, 8. Uh, God demonstrates his own love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's love. The text says you're going to call him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. God sent Christ down to be our savior. And it's a love story. And as we partake in communion today, we're celebrating the love that God has for us that he demonstrated for us by sending his son. And in the middle of that story is, is this couple that have to deal with the truth of the reality of, okay, God became man and, and we're a part of that. And so, yes, he's perfect. Because why? Because Joseph didn't provide the, you know, the, that side of, 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 his, of, his, of his, you know, gestational, you know, development. God did. And so, so there's this perfect human and there's God together in the man, Jesus Christ. And because he's man, because he is God, he is able to die for us and he's able to satisfy the holiness of God. And we in him can have life. God's love leads us to life. And so today we're going to celebrate communion. If you believe in Jesus Christ for the promise of eternal life, uh, you have eternal you have been given eternal life. You have been forgiven your sins. You've been welcomed into God's family. And you are welcome to participate with us in communion. If you're still figuring it out, you're not sure, you know, then I'm just, that's okay. You just watch and you don't have to participate. But if you believe that, yeah, Jesus died for me. He rose again. I, I, believe, I believe in him and, 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 and he, is, he is my source of life. I, 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 I realize how much God loves me today. And believing in him, I have got life. You can participate with us. And we, so we celebrate love today. Remembering this is what it's all about. This is why we invite people to Christmas Eve service. Why? Because we want them to know that God loves them. It's great to sing the songs and enjoy that, but, but the deeper message of Christmas is a message of love. God loved us so much, he sent his son into this world. And the whole express purpose was there, the cross. It was like the cradle, the, the, the manger right to the cross, to the empty tomb, a risen Savior today, and we, and we anticipate the, the second coming of Christ. And so we participate in communion, looking forward to that day. If you have sin in your life today, I just encourage you to confess that. May come with a clean heart. Because of Christ's sacrifice on the cross, we can confess our sins, and he forgives us our sins. So as believers, even though we blow it every week, you know, sometimes every day, God still forgives us. Not because of anything we've done, but because we just come back to the cross and say, yeah, I blew it, but because you died for me, because you paid for my sins, I, I, I have forgiveness in you. And so forgive me, Lord. So come with a clean heart today. And, with a, and just remembering God's love. He is this loving Father that continually forgives and wants to see you succeed in life. To discover the fullness of life. And that fullness comes from his Son, Jesus Christ. You will not find fullness anywhere else. That's the, the fullness of his love is demonstrated and manifested in Jesus Christ. And so we're celebrating that together. So team, would you come up? They're going to lead us in, in uh, a song um, as we prepare for communion. I'm going to invite you uh, to come up the outside. You can grab your cup on the stage and then Troy and Tanelda will serve you bread. If you are gluten intolerant, there is a, a tray in the middle there that is just for those that, that aren't what 
don't eat gluten, so we have that option there because we don't want anyone to be excluded. If you're not comfortable getting up, you can just remain where you are, but you'd like to receive communion. Uh, Henry will be circling around. You can just kind of get eye contact with him, and he'll come and serve you where you're seated. If you're unable to get up because of physical limitations or whatever, you don't have to get up. But I, I invite you. God left his throne room in heaven and came down here for us. So this is just you participating and getting up. And So grab, grab your bread, your cup, your bread, sit down, and then after everyone's received, or, you know, we will partake together. And we'll just remember God's love. And as, as, we, even as, we, as we come, you're gonna, we're going to sing this song, Amazing Love, just you know, how much God loved us. What a, what a wonderful thing. And so would you just pray with me as we prepare to take communion here this morning? I'm just going to give you a few moments just to be quiet before the Lord, to prepare your heart. Thank you, Lord, for your love. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for us. Thank you for Christmas, just a reminder of the beauty of love. And may we today, as we celebrate communion, come with clean hearts. As we confess our sins to you even now, Lord, you know we've blown it. Forgive us all those things that we did or didn't do, the words we said, the thoughts we had. Lord, we, we lay those at your feet. Because of Christ's shed blood, we ask for your forgiveness. And now we come today with, with hearts and would we just be reminded of your love as we, as we participate in communion together? May this be an act of unity of the body as we celebrate your love for us. That while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And so be glorified in this moment of communion. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. And now may you share the love of God this week wherever you go. May you be the hands and feet, the mouth of Jesus, in your workplace, in your schools, in your neighborhoods, in the recreation places and the places of, of business and commerce. Oh, Lord, may you use your people here to be beacons of your love. Shine your light into this community with the glorious, great news of joy. Christ the Savior is born. To him be all glory and praise forever and ever. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. Merry Christmas.